This podcast is not intended to substitute for mental health support from a registered provider. Our intention is to educate our audience in the realm of mental health. We will discuss topics related to mental health and share tools, information, and some of our own personal opinions too. We will be discussing both current research and our own personal opinions on this podcast. The information shared will not be a one-size-fits-all. If you ever feel in need of mental health support, we urge you to reach out to your local resources. Here in Alberta, you can call 211 to access 24-hour support or call your local distress line. Beyond the Chair with Sarah and Josh. Hello. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. How are you feeling? I am feeling great. I'm super excited to be on, I'm going to say the second podcast for Landry Psychology. This one's more of a mental health professionals for mental health professionals podcast. Yeah. With this one, we are hoping to chat with mental health professionals and bring on experts to help educate and expand conversations among mental health professionals about the struggles of being a therapist, but also expanding our knowledge so that we can best work and support our clients in the future. I want to like guide new and upcoming therapists as they walk through that journey and get ready for practicum as we are exiting practicum and getting ready for a provisional status and just talking to either experts in the mental health field or bringing on lived experience individuals so we can expand our conversations about mental health. Um, Josh, what's a fun one fun fact about you that the listeners should know? That I can hum and whistle at the same time. <laughs> My fun fact is that I thought that I had supersonic hearing, but it turns out it's just ADHD. Well, now I feel like I have to... <laughs> try and one-up that, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to sit here and go. Join us in the next episode for a video of Josh's humming. Yeah, I don't have any fun facts. I'm sorry. I'm boring. I lived on a cruise ship for six months. That's my fun fact. You literally have like such an interesting like background of how you got to being a mental health therapist that it's like you literally could have chosen any other fact about your life I know. and you chose that. that I, yeah, no, I know. It's it's terrible. It One of the things we can talk about is imposter syndrome and its fun effect on <laughs> lots of mental health professionals. You know what? Imposter syndrome has definitely been something that like I've struggled with as especially being so young in this field. Mm. I felt like there's a lot of people who assume that there's no way that I could have relevant experience yet. But, fun fact, I've worked in justice programs and with the Edmonton Police Service for the past three years in crisis response. I'm not a baby, but I am a baby. Josh literally just looked like he could have <laughs> crawled out I, of his skin right there. I'm going to be honest, that's because you were like... <laughs> I'm not a child. And then you gave me the hang loose sign <laughs> with your tongue out like, Bleh. 
So we're keeping it real. We're keeping it fresh. Yeah. Honestly, I think the biggest goal with this podcast is authenticity and to break the stigma that all therapists need to be like we see in the movies. And we can be our authentic and real selves and still impact change with our clients and be helpful for them and have therapeutic value. And so my tip for this episode is be you. And that's the best therapist you can be. No, that was such a good no, clip. No, that was great. That was great. My my immediate sarcastic brain went, or be whoever you want, because that's okay too. <laughs> you could have said that. I know, and I just did. you just did. So, Josh, tell me. Oh, <laughs> let me let me get comfortable for this deluge of questions that's probably coming. <laughs> What theoretical lens do you pull from most often in your client work? That is an excellent question. Uh, I tend to be very solution focused. Um, But that's more just the way I talk. I like to find out why things are doing, why things are doing, why people are doing things a certain way Mm -hmm. and what that is actually fixing or like what the reason behind it is. So I, I tend to pull a lot of CBT techniques into my solution focused lens just because i find that most clients are able to identify with cbt and are able to understand the meaning behind a lot of it um reframing is my big go-to yes i think lots of clients the big buzzword i think that a lot of clients even if they have no idea what therapy is is cbt most of them know generally what the underlying thing of that is so when you say i do cbt they're like shit i know what the fuck that is i can get with that and i think there is like a lot of reasoning and understanding of like yeah your emotions are going to guide your behaviors and then you can end up in these cyclical loops and so it's really a good sell with clients and it can be really easy to work through that intervention to be like yeah, we're going to disrupt that loop and we're going to get in there and change patterns of behaviors. And so I do think that I am, I am mostly CBT oriented, but I also draw a lot of emotion focused and um, somatic experience Mm, and lifespan mm -hmm. stuff into my work with clients because I do love me a good childhood trauma. Oh yeah, that's fair. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I was, yeah. I don't know where my brain went on that. I also like telling people I don't know where my brain's going. Um, especially in session where I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, oh, give me a second. Wait. Uh, That's actually such a good tool to have, though, to be able to be like, you know what? Sometimes you need to have that second. And there's so much value in providing that silence and therapeutic space for your client. And sometimes that is something that I struggle with because I have that... Mm tendency to fill awkward silence i can feel that (laughs) um yeah no that honestly like i love working in that silent space just because it it does give people it it does give clients that opportunity to feel their own awkwardness and go oh why did i need the feel or why did i feel the need to fill that space Mm -hmm. with whatever i'm about to say yeah I feel like you're trying to do some therapy on me I'm, here. I'm not. I'm just looking at you <laughs> with my with my therapy eyes. I don't know what that means. 
Um, but I was I actually I should I should also preface I have a, my undergrad was actually in genetics, so I have a very like nature nurture background. Okay. Being like, oh, guess what? You're like this because your genotype might be messing this up, and now you're living in this environment, so it's reacting this way. That's very interesting. Yeah. I've always been psychology focused, so my mm. undergrad was a major in psychology and sociology, oh, and so yeah. I've always had that environment type influence lens, and I never really got into like the biology Ooh. of it all. Missing out. I know. I was not good enough at math to do anything that was science-related because as soon as we got to the equations, I was mm. so out of there so quickly. But, Josh, I'm really interested in hearing, like, what brought you to want to be a psychologist? Like, what was your interest in getting your master's in counseling psychology? Um, oh. I just answered this question for somebody else, and I'm trying to remember how I answered it. I, I'll be honest. If I could be a student forever, and not, you know, have the financial crisis that that would be, I would. Uh, but in my so I did my my undergrad. Uh, I did psych and bio. Is really what I did, and I originally wanted to get into genetic counseling because I was like, this is super cool, up and coming. Genetics are rad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, I was going to say it's the currency of the future. That's not a real thing. Don't listen to me on that. <laughs> uh, so I was like, yeah, let me, let's do this. And so I kind of pivoted after that and was like, you know what? Maybe just like, I enjoyed the psychology part because I enjoy understanding how things work. And so like the two play off each other very well because have, you know, most the layperson's always like, oh, what is it? Nature versus nurture. And as we all know, it's nature and nurture mm-hmm. a lot more often. <laughs> I don't know why I said a lot more often, like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so just that kind of factor, like being able to understand and help others understand that, yeah, it's, it's really an interaction of these specific factors yeah. and, you know, them saying something out loud and me being like, wait, say that again. Mm-hmm. One more time. Oh, there's the click. There we go. Now you're picking it up. Um, you know, that's that's probably my favorite. My favorite thing in session is watching a client literally have that aha moment where they go, <sighs> you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> What's coming next? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what got me here. Yeah. What about you? You know, I've always been interested in psychology. And the biggest thing for me was... I just loved talking to people and helping them work through whatever space they were going through. And then my dad is a police officer. Mm -hmm. And so he went through some mental health stuff of his own. And I really saw that there was a need for people that worked with first responders and had the understanding of the culture within the community in order to be able to provide that relatable and safe space for therapeutic healing. And so... I already had the interest and had the desire to be a psychologist, but then that kind of just drove where my specialization and my focus was going to go. Fair. I didn't want to steal your answer by saying that my sister is also a police officer and that I worked as a dispatcher, and I knew that that's where you were going to go with it. So I was like, let me think of a new answer. Don't steal my shit. Yeah, I was really worried about (laughs) it. That's why I didn't do it. You had such a good answer, though. Yeah, well, and like, like that... 
the the answer I gave is like my actual like original answer I got into uh, like dispatching like working with first responders like that's something I'm super interested in just because there's a lot there like you said um, but that was kind of like a secondary and I like realized the the lack of mental health in that field yeah and just like growing up with a dad in that space and yeah. I remember like there's there used to be magazines that they would send home that was like, so your spouse is a first responder and you're not, and it's affecting your marriage. And it's like, that's so unhelpful for a relationship. And I think I just, I was raised in EPS. Mm -hmm. And so I had an understanding of what the needs were and what the culture was. And as my dad was looking for a therapist and he had other friends and colleagues that went through similar things there was a lot of feeling unsafe and like people didn't understand and so as I started to work myself in EPS it really became so apparent that they were like there's a lot of there's not a lot of therapists that feel safe or that (laughs) really understand where I'm coming from and so i felt like I had an almost competitive advantage to be like, hey, I get what you're saying and you actually have seen me around the branches because I work in missing youth and I've worked in the youth support branch. And so I know where you're coming from and I understand what that's like to work on patrol and to respond to calls. I'm not a police officer. I've never been a police officer, but I've worked as a civilian alongside you. And so in that, at least find solace that, I've seen some of the shit that you've seen and I've been in your position and I know what some of that feels like. And so you're not talking to someone who like has just heard of it. Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. That's, I think, I think that's a lot (sighs) words. Um, I think that's for a lot of people get that same feeling of like, does this person actually know what I've got going on? Yeah. And Sometimes we don't, but I feel like this has been a good introduction video and I actually have to scram because I have a client. And so welcome to Beyond the Chair with Sarah and Josh. We're so happy you're here and we're so excited for the conversations we're going to have in the future. And we can't wait to bring some of our listeners on as guests. So buckle in, join us for the ride. And we're so excited for what comes next. Buckle in is going to be our sign-off phrase, apparently, so (laughs) buckle in. Here we go.